the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Now, that was like a shock to Dana. I was like, what? Naturally, if if you guys can understand where the ladies are coming from, usually <laughs> when a guy comes up to a lady and is like, it's not you, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> or, you know what, let's kind of take it slow a little bit. More often than not, it's a sign that the dude is about to be Patrick Swayze. That's an old school slang for ghost. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Okay. Some of you millennials, I'm sorry. Are like, what is he talking about? No. <laughs> so I was like, Dana, I said, listen, I'm not trying to break up. Okay. I just want us to be apart for a month to see God privately to get more clarity about what's going on between us. Now, she was confused and she was wondering why all of a sudden, and you know, her woman's intuition was like, probably Larry said something. <laughs> Jan said something about this. And I was like, just, just relax. It's good. Just let's be apart for a month. Sing God privately. And we'll move on from that. She wasn't happy about it. She was crying, but she was like, okay, because she remembered when she was in college, she had mentioned she had some mentors that had advised her that sometimes when people are apart for a while, it's a good thing because it can help them figure out whether they're supposed to continue or let it go. OK, so I told Dana, I said, hey, you know, um, I don't want to break up, but I just need to sit out about this a little bit. I want you to do the same. I want to. I gave a month because I needed plenty of time to think about this. And it probably worked more for my, uh, worked to my advantage because I'm very comfortable being by myself. Okay. I'm comfortable being by myself. And I must, <laughs> I must confess, ever since I started dating Dana, that time kind of went down, you know. <laughs> so it was an opportunity to be by myself a little bit, you know. <laughs> but, it was also the month of May. So then I wasn't happy because it was the month of May. May had 31 days. <laughs> so that's a long time, you know. She was like, why gotta be May? I said, hey, it's just the way it is, you know. And it was our one year anniversary. Imagine that. <laughs> I told you we started dating May 11th, right? <laughs> <laughs> one year anniversary. <laughs> so, and I like to, uh, sometimes I like to chide and make fun of Dana about this. Dana, out of her own mouth, some of you friends may know this if she mentioned this to you. Dana is fun of telling people, hey, after a year, when people date, either they break up <laughs> or marry, something like that. So, well, fulfill, almost fulfilling prophecy, I guess. So we were apart for a month. She was okay. She was going to pray about it. And we were apart. The plan was to be apart for a month. Okay. Uh, maybe about a week and a half after that, a couple of things happened. Now I was praying to God about this. And I told you I wanted 
time because I needed time by myself and needed some clarity. But at the same time, I guess to some extent, I was thinking, how many of you have ever prayed to God to tell you something? And in not so many words, before you finished even telling him, he already told you the answer. And you're like, you know what, I'm going to give God some time. To to really think about what he's saying here, you know, maybe God didn't, you know, needs to go home. <laughs> maybe God needs to talk to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and really rethink this thing over again, you know, that kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> so I need a time to really make sure, right? Nevertheless, about a week and a half after that, I went to church, and my pastor, Pastor Joel Osteen, he was speaking. The title of the message, I can't remember the exact title, but it went something like this. It said. He said, if somebody comes and tells you that the Lord told them to tell you something, it doesn't mean the Lord told them to tell you something. Just like that. Right from the beginning of the message. He hasn't even gotten into it yet. It was like, if somebody told you the Lord told them to tell you this, it doesn't mean the Lord told them to tell you this. So that was my answer right there. In addition, if I'm not mistaken, that same day, Rebecca, who's here, she out of the blue sent me a text. The text was a photo. It was a picture she had taken of Dana and I and a whole bunch of people. But this picture was just me and Dana. So the picture came to me with me holding Dana by my side. And I felt like God was telling me, hold on to her tightly. So that was my clarity that I and Dana and I were on the right track. So we were supposed to be about for a month. Obviously, there was no need for that. It only lasted two weeks. So I, I met Dana and I explained to her what happened. I told her that what the prophet said, because I didn't tell her what happened. I told, I explained everything to her. So I told Dana that the prophet said she had anger issues. You know how Dana responded to that? She started laughing. She thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny, but she thought it was funny. Now, that's not the typical response of someone who has anger issues. Okay? Not only did she think it's funny, the person that had anger issues said, you know, Tokes, they're only doing this because they love you. They're doing this because they care for you and they want to make sure you're not making the wrong decision. That's the response of someone who was accused of having anger issues and is hard-hearted. The part of being hot, being hard-hearted, that hurt her feelings, but she was cool with it. She, she, she got over it quicker than I did. But not only that, she was kind of trying to defend Larry. She said, you see, maybe Larry got it all mixed up. How many times have you guys heard me when I talk about the prophetic or things? I said, God doesn't tell you everything. I often say that God gives you a word, but we turn God's word into a sentence. God gives you a piece. We make a puzzle out of it. God tells you A, B, C. That's it. God only says A, B, C. And we tell our friends, you know, the Lord told me A, B, 
C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. I think the Lord is telling me to make alphabet soup. And maybe God was only trying to say ABC Studios. You guys see where I'm coming from? God gives you a clip, we turn the clip into a movie, complete with a prequel and a sequel. God doesn't tell you everything. So then I was saying, maybe the guy got it all mixed up because, or whoever Larry is, because then I was, at the time, she was a mental health specialist in school. So she was like, maybe the guy got it all mixed up because she was good and she worked with students who had anger issues. Okay? From my limited understanding of prophecy, that can make sense. But I wasn't buying any of that. (laughs) But that's the heart of someone who was accused of being hard-hearted and had anger issues. Nevertheless, we let it go. We got over it. And of course, I moved on. Obviously, I'm married now, you know. I told Jan I was moving on. And Jan is cool with Dana. She loves Dana. You know, they get along. Everything is cool. She knows that Dana is who she is, okay? I do want to mention this, though. A few months later, I bumped into Larry. Larry had found out that obviously we were getting married. You would not believe what Larry said to me. Larry wanted to know when the wedding was so that Larry could be to come to the wedding. (laughs) And in my, I'm like, are you serious right now? You want to come to our wedding? I didn't invite Larry. (laughs) Absolutely not. Nevertheless, God went ahead of us because I made our crooked places straight because Larry had an engagement. Larry couldn't miss on the same day we were getting married. (laughs) Nevertheless, I want us to go to a story to reinforce what I'm trying to say here. This story is in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. Before I read that story, I want to mention this. As far as making decisions, somebody comes and tells you the Lord told you this. Whoever they are, you want to follow peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. I'm quoting from the Good News Translation. It says, let the peace of Christ guide the decisions you make. Some of you may know it as let the peace of God be the umpire of your soul or something of that nature. Follow peace. Okay, God's peace. Follow God's peace. Somebody tells you something that rattles that peace. I won't say completely ignore it, but you want to get your peace before you make a decision. Make a decision that follows peace. Okay. I want also want you to have this scripture. In fact, it's my understanding that this scripture is literally the center of the Bible. Psalm 118 verse 8. It is better to put confidence in God than in man. Psalm 118 verse 8. 
It is better to put confidence in God than in man. Okay. First Kings chapter 13. I'm going to read the story. I'm going to elaborate as I move on. Starting from verse one. By the word of the Lord. Everybody say word of the Lord. Lord. A man of God came from Judah to Bethel as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. By the word of the Lord. Everybody say word of the Lord. Lord. We already heard word of the Lord twice, right? By the word of the Lord, this man of God from Judah, he cried out against the altar. Altar, altar. This is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who make offerings here and human bones will be burnt on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, seize him. But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up so that he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Everybody say word of the Lord. How many times have we heard word of the Lord? Three times. Okay. On a side note, anyone who prophesies anything, if it is God, it will come to pass. Okay? If somebody gives a word, it's from God, it will come to pass, as we can see in this story. Okay? Unfortunately, (laughs) there are some things in our lives where you really ain't got that time to wait to see if it's going to come to pass. In other words, there are certain things that, okay, you really can't wait for it. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you should ignore God's word. I'm just saying there's some things that, okay, you're not even in a position to verify if it comes to pass or not. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to need more than that. But as a rule of thumb, if somebody prophesies something, especially if it's something that has a time limit on it or a specific date to it or a specific time, then, of course, you can easily figure out, you know, if that was God. OK, so moving right along. Verse 13. Then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand were restored and became as it was before. So signs follow somebody who's, you know, really representing God. But the word came first. The word came first. I can't remember the exact verse. Maybe some of you know when Jesus rose, when he was about to depart, the Bible says something about. The word of God spread with signs following. Remember, there's a verse something that says something like that. Like the word of God spread everywhere with signs following. Okay. Notice again, I'm sorry, I don't have the reference, but some of you can look it up. It's after Jesus, after his last commission to the disciples and stuff. So it's toward the end of either Mark, Matthew, Luke or Luke, one of them. It says something about the word of God spread with signs following. 
The point I'm trying to make is the signs followed the word. The word did not follow the signs. A lot of us follow signs, claiming that it must be the word. And God is trying to tell you and I that no, you follow the word. And if it's the word, then the sign will follow the word. The word takes priority. The word of the Lord takes priority. Okay. So, so this guy gave the word. Then the sign followed. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Verse six again. Then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. The king said to the man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will give you a gift. Everybody notice this. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half of your possessions, I will not go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water here. But why? In verse 9, for I was commanded by what? The word. the word of the Lord. You must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. Now there was a certain old prophet. Everybody say old prophet. Old prophet. There was a certain old prophet living in Bethel. Let me stop right there. Old prophet means he's older. Okay? Perhaps more experienced. Perhaps this guy has been a prophet longer. Okay? There's an old prophet in Bethel, but I want you guys to think about this. Chew on this a little bit. God ignored this old prophet in Bethel and grabbed another prophet from Judah to come to his turf and prophesy. God called this young man, go to Bethel, do your job, and leave a different route. Don't eat with anybody. Don't hang out with anybody. Don't chill with anybody. Don't fellowship with anybody. Go in. Do your job. Get out. Be in and out like the burger joint. So the guy popped in. The king tried to, you know, get him to eat. He did what God told him on his way out. And the Bible is letting us know about old prophet. Everybody say old prophet. Okay. So, verse 11, now there was an old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. I want to introduce this thing to you. This other prophet, he's not been called a prophet yet, but we'll get there. I'll tell you why I call him a prophet, okay? The Bible refers to him as a man of God, but refers to the old prophet as an old prophet. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. 
Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.